Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right. Well, while everybody's getting settled in here, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, I wanted to send the prayer basket around one more time, just so, uh, you know, Make sure that everybody has an opportunity to be able to, um, you know, if they have something you'd like us to pray with you about at the end of our service or throughout the week, uh, private or public, either way, let us know. But um, we are going to get into our teaching portion of the service today. And today we're going to be um, continuing with our message series that we've been all throughout the month. Can you believe we're, this is uh, the last week of a month in house church and um, I've been having such a good time. I love spending time with you guys in this kind of an environment, and uh, I hope you guys feel the same way. But uh, So we're going to continue today with life as a house, and today we're talking about um, a different room in the house, which we'll talk about in a minute, but really we're talking about God's house. So when we say, what is life as a house look like? The idea of that is, is what does God's house look like? We've seen all throughout scripture that um, God's house started in a tent, right? That that was portable. And then it was a a temple. And then when Jesus came and was given us the Holy Spirit, uh, we are the body of Christ. We, each of us are the temple of God. And then that's lived out in churches, which is called the kingdom of God, the body of Christ all over the world. And so we've been spending time thinking about talking about what is God's house like. And so we talked about uh, the rooms in the house. So far, we've talked about the living room. And the living room is all about connection and belonging, which is really a, like a, a way of saying fellowship. But a, a serious aspect of God's house is fellowship. It's people coming together in relationships and building those relationships and connection. And then last week we talked about another room, which was the bedroom, which was like the intimacy and depth. Like we're not just a social club, right? The church of Jesus Christ is not just a place where people come and hang out. It's actually a place where they're confronted with the gospel. They're confronted in relationships with each other where when we know each other in a deep and intimate way, at the same time, there comes growth and depth that comes from that because we speak to each other in love and in truth, and God does the same for us. We want to grow in our relationships relationships with each other, but also grow in our faith. And that word for that is discipleship, growing in our faith. Well, this week we're going to talk about the next room in the house, and that is the kitchen. Today is all about the kitchen. And before we get into what that really looks like, um, I wanted to just share a little story. So every year, except this year, interestingly, we go to Thanksgiving uh, dinner down in Virginia at my um, brother and sister-in-law's house in Woodbridge. And their house, I don't know, maybe, maybe your Thanksgivings are similar, um, but in this particular house, year after year after year, um, almost everybody congregates in the kitchen um, while they're preparing Thanksgiving meal. So they have a really large kitchen and there's a table there, there's a countertop there, they have two ovens, which is crazy. Um, they have a really big refrigerator. And so there's a lot of space to prepare. And so what's happening is, is that during Thanksgiving, particularly on Thanksgiving Day, they get up early in the morning, and all throughout the day, almost everybody is in the kitchen making various food dishes. Um, They're baking things, doing dishes and cleaning up. They're making desserts, and all the while, they're talking, laughing, making memories together, and this is the primary space in which the family is over Thanksgiving, Um, and all of it is really just for a big 
family dinner, right? It's for like a feast, like for this one big meal where everybody sits at the table and eats together. Well, what does the kitchen have to do with God's house? Well, the reason that I, I think the kitchen is such a perfect illustration of one of the biggest aspects of God's house is because all throughout scripture, what we see is the biblical imagery of eating at the banquet table. That's what it means. Like, so, so Jesus talked about it. In the Old Testament, it's talked about this idea of when you are a part of God's family, the imagery that's used is that you're sitting at a table eating a feast. So think of like, you know, your movies or your TV shows um, that are in like medieval times when, when the, the king would hold a big banquet and, the, and people would fill the hall and they would just sit at the table and everybody was having a good time, no matter what station you were in life. And so we see that all throughout scripture. And so I want to look at one of them in Isaiah. This is the Old Testament. If you guys have your Bibles, um, go ahead and pull your smartphones out or your analog Bibles and pull them out to Isaiah. That's in the Old Testament. Isaiah is a prophet, and a prophet was a messenger of God. And so Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 8, he's talking about, God is talking through Isaiah about what it'll be like on the day of salvation, which we are partly in now. And he says this in verse 6, Isaiah 25, verse 6, On this mountain the Lord of armies will prepare for all the peoples a feast of choice meat. A feast with aged wine, prime cuts of choice meat, fine vintage wine. On this mountain, he will destroy the burial shroud, the shroud over all the people, the sheet covering all the nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. And so this is like one particular passage where we see Uh, God revealing this idea of like his house, his space, like his presence is called like a feast where tears are wiped away and where, where joy is and where there's not just like, you know, oh, I found the scraps, like choice meat and vintage wine. That's like the best stuff prepared for his children. Um, it's talked about the day of salvation. We see that like the day of the Lord is coming. We see that in the, in the Bible. In Psalm, um, David says I, that you have prepared a table in the presence of my enemies, right? So it's not just the day of salvation. We also see that the table, the feasting concept is, is just what it means to be a follower of Christ. In Revelation, at the end of the Bible, which is like a picture of what is to come, we see again the feast and the banquet of the Lamb, right? It's all throughout Scripture. And then in Luke 14, Jesus himself talks about the parable about the kingdom. That's the little heading. If you look in chapters and it has like a black heading above a passage, it'll say, this one says the parable about the kingdom. And he says, the kingdom of God is like a king who prepared a feast. And he basically said, go out and invite everybody to come in. And that's, that's the idea of the kingdom of God, God's house. The illustration that's used so often is it's a place to come and sit at the table and enjoy and be full and, and enjoy that. So, if the, so that's the kingdom of God, right? Lived out as the body of Christ, which is what we call the church, right? The kingdom of God is both here and coming. So that's the thing about the kingdom of God. So like when Isaiah is talking about the feast that is to come, and then Jesus is talking about inviting people to it, and then all of this imagery, some of that means that right now, what we're doing right now is sitting at the table feasting. 
And some of that means that one day when all the tears are wiped away and all the pain and the suffering is removed and God makes all things new, that his kingdom will come in fullness. So the kingdom of God that we know of is his church, his family, is both present, but also both like coming soon. And so that's what we're all here for, right? Every one of us comes to church because we want to be here ultimately for the feast, for the good things. We want a place of feasting on God's goodness, of his grace, his peace, his love and his mercy. And so the concept of church, right, the concept of church is more about taking a seat at the table than it is going to a place. And I think that's a really big um, difference or distinction that I want to make and that we're trying to make throughout this series about life as a house, is that the, the, that the concept of God's family, his house, is more about taking a seat at the table, becoming a part of the family, than it is about just going to a place for an hour and then leaving, We want to make sure that everyone has a place at the table. So if the church and the kingdom of God is about eating at the table in God's house, well, then somebody has to set the table, right? Somebody has to set the table. Somebody has to prepare the house. Somebody has to accommodate the guests when they walk in the door. Somebody has to serve the guests. Somebody has to clean up and wash the dishes, right? And that's what the kitchen of God's house is all about. If the living room is about connection and belonging, and the bedroom is about intimacy and depth, then the kitchen is about participation and responsibility. Participation and responsibility. The kitchen of God's house supports the house, and it supports its inhabitants, right? Every one of us living in the house of God, like there is an aspect of supporting that. But it also represents taking care of the house. So when we think about taking care of any house, whether it's my house, your house, or God's house, we think about chores, right? I tell my kids this all the time. Like, As a member of the family, that means you have a responsibility to the family. And so things like cooking or doing the dishes or the laundry that needs to be done or cleaning and dusting the house or paying the bills or maintenance and, and repairs and the lawn and all the things that need to happen for the house to take care of. And so like, like we said last week, right? Like the idea of moving from the living room to the, to the bedroom, to the inner parts of the house means you're no longer a visitor. Now you're becoming a part of the family, right? And when you're a part of the family, that means that everybody in this house has a responsibility to that family. So no longer visitors, but part of the family. And with that comes participation and responsibility. And so I want to read another passage of scripture that I think really illustrates what it means for us to live life as a house in the kitchen of this church family. So would you turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, this is in the New Testament, and the Apostle Paul is writing to a church, to a family, uh, to the city of Ephesus, which is in Turkey. And so he's writing this to them in uh, chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. And imagine for a second that we just received a letter in the mail from Paul, and we're sitting here right now, and we're all anxious to read and to hear what the Apostle, the one who helped start this church family, has to say to us about it. And so imagine right now I'm reading from this letter in my hands, and this is part of that letter, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. And he's talking about Jesus here. He says, And he, Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles. Some of us are prophets. Some of us are evangelists. Some of us are pastors and teachers. And so he's saying, like, there are these groups of people that have a special calling to lead God's family. And what is their job? To equip the saints... 
for the work of the ministry, to equip the saints. So who are the saints? Us. Like literally us, every single person who calls on the name of Jesus Christ. We literally sang a song today that says, I will call upon the name of the Lord. That means we are the saints. Um, and, and it says here that the job of those who have a special calling, like a pastor or a teacher or a prophet evangelist, their role primarily is to equip the whole body, the family members, for the work of ministry. And what does it do when they do it? To build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity. So until when? Like, so we keep doing that. We keep giving. We keep serving. We keep equipping. We keep doing ministry until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. In other words, we're not perfect and probably aren't ever going to be perfect, so we keep doing this until the day of the Lord, right? Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every kind of teaching. Wow, that's, that's pretty big. Because even then, 2,000 years ago, Paul was combating this. Like, like there were constantly people who would hear someone down the street say, well, I think that, that, that the Bible is about this. I think that Jesus meant this. I think that, you know, like that, that maybe this theology or that theology or this religion or that religion, like there were people constantly wavering back and forth even then, which is not any different than today. And he's saying that maturity growing up means that we will no longer be tossed by the waves and blown around by human cunning with cleverness in their t- techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love to each other, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ, for the body. Jesus is, is, the, is the head. And verse 16 says, from him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. I want to read that last part again. From Christ, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the whole body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. So what we see here is like the apostle is painting this picture of what God's house is to be like. It's to be a place where every single individual, every saint, every one of us in the room today, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Every one of us are called to be a little part of the body, like the, the ligament or the sinew or the, that individual part that's knit together. And so when each of us are involved and when each of us say, I'll do whatever I can do, well, I'll do my part, and we'll talk about what that might look like for us in a few minutes. But when we do that, it says that, that the whole body is built up. What I have seen is in my life as a minister, whether it's growing up in a church family or um, serving on staff at other churches, or even in the, as pastoring our church, what I have seen is that oftentimes you have um, a small select group of people who do most of the serving and the work, and then the rest kind of just kind of come and, and view, but don't really participate in, in kind of like making it a responsibility to be a part of the family. And what ends up happening is, is that because there is a small few people who are doing most of the things, it tends to put a, an unreasonable weight on the shoulders of those individuals because they're supporting the whole family. 
Whereas the picture that we see in Ephesians is this idea of where the whole body means an ankle and the knees and the thighs and the core and the arms and the muscles, all of them doing their part to support the work of the ministry. And so what that's saying is that every one of us are a part of it and there's a responsibility there. And so what I would say is when we all do something, everyone grows together. Everybody grows together when we all do something. It lightens the load. More can be accomplished. And I've said this before, but we are better together. When we do it together, when we all serve together. Um, it's like, like going to the kitchen and making meals, right? Every meal is different and they all require different ingredients. And so when we all come together to do our part, we're making a beautiful meal because every one of us is an ingredient in that meal. And participating is a practical way to build intimacy and depth. Why is that? So we talked last week about that part of God's house means being intentional about creating intimate relationships with each other where we know each other vulnerably, where we, um, where we grow in depth with each other, but also in our relationship with God. Well, when we participate, when we do things like, like serving in our church or together in our community, what that does is it spends time together. And as you're spending time together, something happens when you are working together for the same purpose and the same function. It builds bonds. It creates bonds with each other. I've heard stories about soldiers going to battle together, like, and they come home after war. And when they're there and they go through these situations together and then they come home, they have lifelong relationships with these individuals because they created bonds through the moments of participation together. And the same thing is true in God's family. When we spend time together, not just in relationships, but in serving together, giving of ourselves, participating, not just singing songs, but you might have noticed that over the last month we've had different individuals doing like a prayer time. We've had different individuals singing songs. We've had different individuals, um, you know, doing the, a call to worship or running the computer. Like these are different spaces that allow us to participate in ways to where we're supporting the family and doesn't require one person to do it all the time. It creates bonds, but also Participation is also a sign of responsibility and of ownership. If I'm willing to take time out of my day or take some of my mental energy to commit to giving something of my ability, you know, we've all had a busy week at work and maybe I just want to relax. But saying, you know what, but no, I'm a part of this family and I'm going to do my part when something is needed. What that does is it shows a maturity and a responsibility. The kitchen is about participation and about responsibility, and responsibility is a sign of maturity. So, what does life look like as a house from the kitchen? Well, we already talked about participation and responsibility. It's each person doing his or her part, whatever is needed. Um, it's making the, and I'm going to use a big word here, right? Making the efficacy of the house our responsibility. The efficacy, meaning like, the making the, how would I even describe the word efficacy? It's like the truest form of itself, the legitimization of it, like the thing being what it's supposed to be, making that our responsibility. There are a lot of churches around the world that are suffering because they don't have a body, the saints who are willing to do their part. 
willing to come early to greet someone at the door or willing to pick up the donuts or willing to sing or willing to do a devotion, whatever it might be, because a lot of people go to church because, like I said, it's a place to go and receive rather than a seat at the table to participate, right? And instead, what we want to do here is we're calling, God is calling, that's what Ephesians is saying, is that each one of us have a responsibility to to do our part. And when we do that, the efficacy of the house, the legitimization of it, the truest form of it becomes our responsibility and then it becomes achieved. And so that looks like a few different things. It looks like serving. We see that all the time, right? Jesus said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And then he said to his disciples, he said that you will be known as my followers when you are servants. He said, the greatest among you will be a servant. The first of you will be last, but the last of you will be first, right? So there's this idea that like we should give of ourselves. So serving. Part of also making our responsibility, our family, is also about giving. It means being generous and saying, you know what, I'm a family member. And part of this family means doing whatever it takes in order to support the house. We talked about the chores, right? We talked about doing the dishes. We talked about doing the laundry, mowing the lawn, cleaning, things like that, right? But part of being a family means providing for the family and paying its bills, right? And so a church family is different. We don't have necessarily an electric bill, although my house does, but that's a whole different story. But like the idea of like there are, there are the reason we give, and that's why we have this basket here, is, is to support the work of the ministry, it pays for supplies. It, it allows us to support missionaries around the world. It, it gives us supplies to be able to go out and do outreach in our communities, right? Um, there's all sorts of things that happen. And so what we see in Scripture, part of being um, participant and taking responsibility is not only serving, but also by giving of our, of our finances, giving of our resources, giving of our time, giving of our energy and our mental energy. And so... What we want to do here at our church family is we want to be a family where this is true. We want to be a place where connection and belonging happens, right? I think we're pretty good at that. We're really good at finding connection with each other, building those spaces, and making sure that everyone feels like they belong. We're pretty good in getting better at creating spaces for intimacy to happen between each other, but also with between us and God, like encouraging you to dig deeper, right? And by growing deeper, that's where our EC ladies and our EC gentlemen are coming along. We're going to grow deeper together and I encourage everyone to make it a priority. Come to EC ladies this week. Come to EC gentlemen next week. Make it a priority to invest in relationships with other guys and other ladies and then also grow in your, your relationship with God. We're going to talk about, you know, deeper spaces, spaces where we can talk about, like, what does it mean to be a man of God? What does it mean to be a woman of God? I encourage you to do that. But then we also need to be a place where also reflected of God's house is where everybody says, I'm going to participate and I'm going to be responsible, take responsibility. And so one of the things that we've done is we have created these spaces that you've noticed in every one of our services where there are moments where we'd like to create a rotation among for all of us to participate. Um, so, for example, you've noticed that our format happens on a regular basis kind of the same way. We come and there's like a welcome and announcements. And then there's like a call to worship, which just is just, just a simple scripture and kind of an idea to say, hey, let's set our hearts and get them in the right place today. And then there's worship and we sing uh, to the Lord. And then we come back and we have a teaching and discussion. And then there's a prayer time where an individual takes the, the prayer uh, request and reads them and just prays for everyone. And then we have our kids in the other room who um, 
an individual is in there serving and kind of teaching our kids with a simple Sunday school lesson. Each of those spaces are places that we would love for you to participate, to begin to, to step into it, to take your responsibility. And you'll notice it's been intentional, is that we have rotated already. Every week we had somebody different doing the call to worship. Every week we had somebody different doing the slides on the computer. Every week we had somebody doing the prayer time. And every week we had someone different in our kids area. Right? And we did that intentionally to begin setting the tone and setting the example that we all have responsibility. And so now what we want to do is we want to call you guys into this. Because here's what I do want. I want this model, this house church, to last for years to come. I don't want it to be just like anything else where after a month or two it gets tiring because the same people are doing all the same stuff and then it just kind of gets old and people want to move on to other things. The best way to help all of us be able to, to be able to move forward as a family and then when we multiply into another house church and another house church and another house church, we need people who have the ability to set that tone already, to be able to do that in the new ones. And so we're calling each of you to now be participants and to take responsibility. And so what we would like to do, and this is kind of our standard, and if you um, have a concern or a question, please come see me after. We want to put each one of you on a rotation, just rotating through those, each of those different things we talked about. Um, and what that's going to do is right now, there's like 15 people in this house, 15, 20 people on a, on a regular week. That really actually means that you're only going to be on the schedule doing something, you know, once every few weeks or so, and you'll always have time off. You're never going to be doing the same thing over and over and over again because it's going to be sharing the load. And what that allows every one of us to do is to be the body, right? Each one of us gets to participate. Now, I will say that I'm sure that some of you are like, wait a minute, I have to like lead a prayer out loud? Or, you know, that means I have to, you know, do a little bit of research and find a scripture and kind of talk about what I think maybe God wants to say to us that morning. Yes, but don't overthink it. it it's, not, it's not difficult. And I or Heather or any of us would be happy to, to help you and to kind of get you into that. Our kids, like you're, some of us are probably like, oh my gosh, like spending time in a room with a few kids is going to freak me out. Listen, everything is prepared for you. You know, it's super simple. You kind of just read off and you just have to be kind. Just love kids. That's really what we're talking about. And so whenever possible, we'll have a helper in there with you, right? But here's the thing. For so long, and we'll kind of close with this, for so long, the church has been a Sunday morning. And because it's been a program, usually somebody says, I'll do this one thing, and that's really all I want to do. But what happens is, is that that ends up creating these pockets of clicks with people where it's like, well, that's not my responsibility. And that's not a family. A family is, yeah, like some of us might be better at one thing or another. And maybe there is a space in which we do rely on others. Like Kylie has been leading worship and so has um, Aubrey and Cam, right? And because there is a specialization there that maybe others can't do. And that's okay. Um, but anybody can can read a prayer out loud and be able to, to kind of just pray as a group, right? And that's something that we can, can, it's important, but it's also something that we can move along with. There, we've tried to think very clearly about the, you know, making it simple and easy for everyone because it's valuable. It's valuable for each one of us, like in Ephesians, to lift each other up. I actually want to read that one more time, that passage of scripture. Maybe I would just close your eyes as I read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you about the picture of being a part of the body. And this is, And he himself 
gave some to be the apostles, some of prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ, and from him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual each individual part. So, the kitchen of God's house is all about participation and responsibility. And so we're calling each of us, myself included, everybody in the room, to be a participant and to take responsibility for our family so that our family will be healthy, so that when we all do our part, we all grow together. And when we multiply and our family grows beyond these walls and grows into other parts of our city and other neighborhoods, we will have a space in which it will be healthy in each place. But that starts with each one of us saying, I'm going to take my part. I'm going to do my part and take responsibility and ownership over building Encounter Church. And so that's what the kitchen is all about. And so in the coming weeks, what we want to do is um, we're going to create a schedule. And each of you will be on that schedule. And uh, we'll have dates and we'll have the little particular tasks that will be your job. And we will reach out to you to help you figure out what that means for that first time. Once you kind of made your way through all of them, then, you know, it's just a matter of doing them. And it will not, again, it, our goal is we want everybody to share the load evenly. Therefore, no one is going to be doing one thing a lot or doing a lot of things a lot. We want you to just, it'll just be, you know, periodically each of us involved. And the more of us that are doing it, the less load it is on an individual. So if there is a space in which you feel like you're really concerned about either participating at all or a particular area, let's talk privately about it because we want to make sure that we are creating um, comfortability and space. We want to challenge all of you. We're always pushing to grow deeper, but we understand there may be exceptions. So let's just do that as well. So um, let's pray and then we'll get into our discussion time. Father, thank you for creating a house in which... um, You want us to participate. It's amazing to me that so many other religions, so many other other faiths are really all about kind of appeasing a God and just getting everything in order in our own lives. But in your world, in your, when we have a relationship with you, it's really about about partnering with you. So God, I, I thank you for that. I thank you that your house is a place of connection and belonging. I thank you that your house is a place where we can grow in intimacy with each other and with you. and We can grow deeper in our relationships. And I thank you that you call us to be participants and to take responsibility over um, your house. God, we want to do our part. We want to do um, what you're calling us to do. And there might be some in the room today who are nervous about it, who maybe feel like I'm not sure what that means. But God, I pray that our hearts would really be turned more towards, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I want to do my part. I'm willing to step out. I'm willing to take um, 
a step forward to grow deeper and to, to be a participant and to take responsibility. I pray you will bless our discussion time and the, the rest of our day together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.